No, I'm good, Darcy. And look, I've been invited and I've accepted the invitation, so things must be good in the world. Let's talk about cricket. Obviously, this is a side horse racing, one of your areas of expertise, and we've had a, a very interesting year and a half or so of New Zealand cricket because changes in the wind. Players are getting older. Some of them are retiring. We've fallen down the, the test pecking order since winning that World Test Championship, which seems like an eon ago now. Where, where from you, from afar, observing what's happening here, where is New Zealand cricket at, do you think? What kind of point, what kind of juncture are they at? Well, I think it's not just a year and a half, Darcy, to be to be honest. I think it's probably since the Test Championship final back in, I think it was 2019 in Southampton, the, the middle of 2019, that was probably the, the juncture where you could probably look at things as a as a selector or a you know a high performance unit and say, look, this this um, bunch of players is going to be three to five years older in three to five years time. They can't keep going forever, so maybe we've got to start looking at what's underneath. And I think what we're seeing now, through some of the comments by various people, and I know, I know Gavin Larson has moved aside, uh, we're seeing a bit of a reaction really to something that's been brewing for as I say, for probably three years. Our performances in white ball as well as red ball cricket have have decreased in terms of quality. Um, the turnover of players has has increased also, where a wider variety of players have been used, particularly for, for the white ball game, but very few of them have, have performed at the necessary level. So we're at, we've got a problem now, Darcy, where we have got an ageing test side uh, who are still performing OK. Um, that, that test match went at the base and probably papered over a few cracks, if we're going to be perfectly honest with ourselves. Um, but we've got to look at this World Cup coming up uh, in, in India at the end of this year and then onwards, uh, the next four-year World Cup cycle, guess, in terms of 50-over cricket, and then make some plans around it. So why do you think we failed to acknowledge that in the near future we were going to be bereft of some senior players? Did you think we did and we worked through that or we got our equations wrong? How do we end up in this parlance state? Well, I think it's hard for, for the high-performance centre and the guys in charge and involved on a day-to-day basis there to to offload any responsibility in this regard. I, before, I became, before I came on here, I actually looked back at that New Zealand A team that went to India uh, pre-Christmas in, 90, in 2022, Darcy. And you just got to look at the squad they picked there. And then, look, New Zealand A, you'd think that would be the next group of players. So they're coming through to play Test in one day and, and T20 cricket for the main New Zealand side over the next three to five years. And you look at the age of those players, Darcy. Go and have a look. 29, 30 is probably the average age. Uh, Robbie O'Donnell was 27. He's actually going to be 28 in about two and a half weeks' time, I noted. Um, two players around that developmental age of around the early 20s, 22, uh, Matthew Fisher and uh, Rachin Ravinda from Wellington, who I believe both can play a part in the future of New Zealand cricket. They're good young players. Matthew Fisher in particular I've seen as, a, as an 18-year-old coming through the Northern District system. He's quick, and uh, you, you can't train quickness, can you? You can't. You either got it or you haven't. So hopefully they can look after young Matthew. Um, but the next group, so you're talking about the current group of, say, 15 to 20 players who are probably contracted, then you've got the next group of, say, 10 to 12 who are over in India, partners on day. So you've got this whole group now, about 25 to 30 players who are our best cricketers, who the next two or three years are probably going to be past their best, if, if not some already are. So you've got to look from a high-performance perspective and say something's been overlooked. With the selection of some of these older players, it has 
come to pass that because they're experienced and they're comfortable in their game and how they play, they actually perform right from the get-go. I'm not going to argue with you, Ken, mm-hmm. but some of these guys longer in the tooth and with the nature of cricket can play for longer. But you think the balance is not right and we need to look more toward the youth to keep ourselves refreshed. You know what I'm saying here, don't you? No, I do. And, and I, I guess the, the worry for me when I look at the uh, particularly as I've seen quite a bit of first-class cricket online, I still watch the target play most days, actually, so I'm seeing whoever their opponents are as well. The worry is a lot of the players at first-class level actually are staying in the game longer because I guess they pay quite well and the incentive for them for them as a career op- opportunity is, is to stay in the game longer. So even at provincial level now, you're not getting that young player who's come through the under-19s and is in his early 20s. You're not initially getting those guys playing even at, at first class level so it's, it's a bit of a pattern that's been established um, you'd, you'd like to think however that um, when you see the likes of your Trent Bolts and you, you must have known and Lockie Ferguson's another one who I think we've missed in the Red Bull game, go go look at his first class stats playing for Auckland Darcy they're very very good, I think he's averaging 24 um, uh, 24 with the ball obviously He's got a truckload of wickets at first-class level. And I know he's made the choice to play the T20 franchise game as, as Trent Pold as well. But I think the administration have probably missed something here in terms of these players most likely not going to be available on a regular basis and not regenerating that next bunch of player coming through. So there's no room for development of these younger players because there's a clog at the top end, is what you're saying there. Maybe there is not the want within New Zealand cricket to take that punt on these younger players that may provide a long-term future. I suppose we see that in the bowling ranks, don't we, of who we've got coming through now. Guys like Tinkner and uh, Tinkner and, and Kugelein. I mean, are they really the future? You, you, you're exactly spot on, Darcy. They aren't the future. Um, and Really, in both those cases, I was, I was surprised to see them pick, quite frankly, for that test match at Mount Monganui and, and bowling in tandem because they're very similar in the way they bowl. They bowl around the mid-130s to low-130s and they bowl pretty much straight, barrel straight, didn't they? gun barrel straight. They don't do much with the ball. And often they're bowling in a partnership, so I wonder about the captaincy in that regard. But anyway, that's another another point. Um, but you're right, bowling-wise, compared to the batting aspect of things, the bowling uh, reserves and stocks are probably more concerned because your next group down are of that age around the 30s. Yeah, you know, Jacob Duffy Linkson is he's nearly going to be 29, and he's also been on the immediate periphery of, of the New Zealand squads. And there's a number of players like him. That's why you look at a guy like Matthew Fisher. We've got to maybe look to him being a New Zealand player in the next three to four years. Um, and a guy like Zach Gibson, uh, who, who's played a bit for Northern Districts. I think he's out injured at the moment, but he was a young fellow coming through Dawn Discus five years ago who was here, Mark, as a potential New Zealand player. So what's happened to the development of Zach Gibson over the last uh, three to five years? He doesn't get a chance at provincial level even. Um, so I think there's a, a multitude of issues here, but all of them have to be managed at the top. And whatever the processes and the policies are in terms of giving younger players a go at provincial level, that still has to be managed and governed at the top. What about in the Black Caps case? And Ken Rutherford joins the program. I've often talked of a CEO, a very effective for a short amount of time, and then they've got to move on and let the new blood come through. So I apply that to Gary Stead, who's had a fantastic career record yeah. as a coach, but maybe he's losing his sting, if you will. And now that we've got Gavin Larson, is it time for a change at the top in that aspect? Well, that, that'll be that'll be um, that'll certainly be discussed 
at the top echelon of, of New Zealand cricket with David White, the CEO, Martin Sneddon, the chairman, and they have a, a high-performance committee, I understand, as well, who will, will look at that. And, uh, and those, those roles should be reviewed on a very regular basis, success or failure. Um, I think we can all see that since 2019, the last three years, things haven't been going that well through through the three uh, versions of the game. You know, Gavin Larson, seven and a half years is a long time in that job. Um, Gavin's role, I believe, was more of an administrative one where he wasn't really making calls on players. He was more telling players were in or out, quite frankly. So I don't really know how influential Gavin was in that role. Um, but certainly in terms of the, the wider picture, in terms of the coaching, etc., we do look stale. We, we do look, not just uh, personality-wise, but the way we're playing just looks stale. Everything just seems very familiar, very same. We, we, I thought the side we picked for that second test against England was a very negative side. We, I know we won the test match, um, but we just overloaded with batsmen. We didn't have any balance with a, with a spin bowler. Um, who is our next spin bowler? AJ has patelled it very well two or three years ago in the series, and he's hardly mentioned these days. Ish Sadi did very well in Test cricket before before Christmas 2022. Where's he? Can he not perform a role for for New Zealand the four day four five day game going forward? So there's all these things around structure, around balance, around a bit of staleness, which I think probably are, are, are relevant questions to ask the, the guys at the top.